Hello and welcome. I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. We're still Needive in Tech. This is episode 38, coming to you from Gävle, <laughs> the 12th of April 2018. Yep. And the only thing Gävle is famous for, for our foreign listeners, is that they burn a Christmas buck every a, year. A Christmas buck. A huge <laughs> Christmas buck made out of hay. Is, the, is Christmas buck the correct... I have no idea, but I think we have the name of the episode. <laughs> Christmas Buck. Yep. So, we are both in Gävle. <laughs> we are going to speak to actually different clients tomorrow. <laughs> the proper... It's actually Jule Goat. Jule Goat. Jule Goat with a, with a Y. This is going to be a very <laughs> weird episode. <laughs> Anyhow... Anyhow, we are here to talk to different clients tomorrow. Yep. It's going to be very interesting since they have um, very varying um, requests. Yep. You're going to do your usual spiel with... Uh, Service Hub? Service Hub. Service Hub and Office 365. Oh, you're going to do Service Hub. I'm How? going to do Office 365 with focus on Teams and Service Hub. How cool is that? <laughs> yeah, it's... it's... I mean, it's it's great fun. Yep. I am going to do a completely unplugged Power BI session. They basically called me up and said, okay, we think we want Power BI. <laughs> we think we like Power BI. What can we do? How can we use this tool? And I said, oh dear, you're going to have so much fun. Yep. So it's going to be great fun tomorrow, despite being in Gävle, which is give or take three and a half, four hours drive from Linköping. Yep. That was fun. Anyhow, and and uh, I need to point out that I am now officially an adult. <laughs> yes, you are. I turned Congratulations. 40. Thank you. I turned 40 10 days ago. Yeah, you can also say you're officially old. That would be one way to put it. That I'm... way in, in that case I would say you're you're still in your teens. Yeah. Which is necessarily not a bad thing. <laughs> Anyhow, moving on. You, you... Put it out there. Yes, I did. Yeah. Config Manager, what's up? Yeah, uh, since uh, we I didn't get the opportunity to speak about this last time, mm -hmm. so now we'll have a, a double sandwich of Config Manager. Uh, first of all, let's start with the con current branch release, 1802, which was released. We must have spoken about this. I think we did, yes. Yeah, we must, we must have done 1802, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, sorry for that. So instead, we are looking at Technical Preview 1803. And things that are interesting in this release is that we now can do PXE boot without VDS. So without Windows Deployment Server. Huh? Yes. What's the secret sauce? Uh, good question. <laughs> I have no clue how to solve it. So did, did they put the functionality inside of Config Manager? Yeah inside the clients. And basically sidestep the whole... Yep. Oh. Which means that you don't require a server to do right. PXE boot. Right. So you can now PXE boot to two clients. Yes. Thank you. Which is great. Uh, we had that discussion. Even in, I know that. Yep. We had discussions on this uh, at the CCP event. And it's, it's a great feature mm. because now you can get PXE boot from wherever you are. Mm. And you can easily enable this on every single client if you would like to. Yep. Um, it's great, great it's gonna, feature. It's going it's to simplify things and it's going to shorten deployment, redeployment as well. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's great things. Another thing that was, is, is actually a part 
of the hackathon they did at the MVP summit. So the, yeah. So that's one month ago, basically. Yep. And now they already have one of the features in a technical preview. That was Nikolai's. Yeah. So you're now able to have uh, a better way to do tabs, and you can now embed web pages in Software Center. Right. That so was can... Nikolai's idea. Yeah. Yep. And that's just awesome because then you could have information. You can have a self-service portal inside of Software Center. Um, and it shows up just like any tab in Software Center. So sure. It's, it's an amazing feature. Uh, it's we'll... so easy. It, yeah, it's... Why haven't anyone thought about this But that's, earlier? That's the, the hallmark of the great ideas. Yep. They are just, wait, what? Why yep. didn't I think of that? Cool. So that, that's great. Yep. We'll also be able to do better third-party software updates. Mm -hmm. um, so now we can use WSUS to patch third-party updates using Config Manager. That's going to save some time too. Yep. Nice. And we also got uh, new management insights for Mac and Unix clients, which will be deprecated in a while. That's the, important to remember. The Unix clients. Unix and Mac OS. Really? No, only Unix, I believe. Mac, you know, could be Mac OS. I need to look into that. You, you really do. I mean, that's, that's an interesting shift if they decide to deprecate the Mac clients. Yeah, but they want to do it with Intune instead. Oh, so that's right. So right. That doesn't... explains it. Yeah. And that's probably the better way anyways. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, and with Unix, they are instead uh, making use OMS. Yes. Because what you really mostly wanted from that was inventory. Sure. Uh, so you can use OMS for that instead. Yep. Uh, it's a very good point. Yes. And also, they, they actually have a very interesting other thing mm -hmm. or two new really cool features mm -hmm. the first one is that you you can use cloud distribution points so basically a pass service for distribution points in azure yep which enables you to have a distribution point in any other part of the world without deploying a server much closer yes yes what you now can do is to point out a cloud distribution point as a pull source server Pull source server. So if you, you can have pull DPs that you don't push content to, they will pull it from whatever DP you decide to get it from. That's going to make some security people happy. Yeah. And you can use it to distribute content over CDN. So if you have a cloud distribution point, you push the content to that one. Yeah. And then you can make your clients in that part of the world pull their content from that DP. Ooh, so that's a really interesting nice. solution that I need to look into. Uh, and they also have partial download support for peer cache. Question. Yes. What about um, exit, um, what's it called, egress charges with that kind of setup? That's a whole different discussion and something you need to take into consideration. I would have to say yes. I mean, first you pay for the the privilege, so to speak, yep. to have the the uh, the point. Yep. And then you need to consider egress charges yep. since it's probably going to be quite some data. Yep. Depending on what you do, yep. you can you can of course if you set up a brand new DP, mm -hmm. send it with um, just configure it, send out all the content to it previous uh, prior to um, 
sending it to a different part of the world right. or send it with a, a hard drive. Uh, sure, but you, you're you're still and then, and then yeah, and then just pull down the delta, and it could be a lot of data. Oh, of pull course. down the delta, right? Yeah. So you make everything completely done yeah. before yeah, shipping yeah. it, or shipping just a hard drive with everything you have currently. Sure. And I then you just download everything other. I hear you. It, it's going to be interesting to see, and this is a, a very philosophical question that I just popped into my head. What about egress charges as a concept? Are they going to be differentiated in any way? Or are they going to go away? Are we going to see any changes? I have no answers, no. only questions. Yep. But this kind of points out one of the basic issues with egress charges. But it's pretty much the same thing as we were very used to paying for a landline, a yep. phone landline. Yep. Now we don't. Yep. So, yeah, yep. Th things change. Yep. Right. Uh, and also some other minor, yeah, partial download for clients in peer cache. Current, previously, you were only able to download the entire content from one other peer. Right. Which may have uh, uh, been, uh, that. You, and this is really to reduce VON utilization for peer cache. Sure. Um, and again, this is something that exists today, which is a basic thing for one year adaptiva or whatever, mm. but now it's in peer cache. All right. And I need to point out another thing before we move on. Okay. Uh, we have had some new features for Intune right. as well. Uh, you can now have your exact team color. So you have hex codes for branding of the company portal. That's pretty important. Yes. Uh, and since March 26, you now have on-premise exchange data protection using app protection policy and conditional access. So that's not only for Office 365 anymore. Really? Yep. And the most important thing, released April 2nd, 2018, support for iPhone X. Support, company portal. Support how? You can run the freaking app without, with the notch oh, crap so, okay. thingy. Right. Yeah, you're, you're very, you're surprisingly positive about the notch. It's such a stupid thing. But the weather's nice. I absolutely love my S9+. Plus. Yeah, we're, we're going to have a follow-up on, on your S9 yep. in a couple of months. <laughs> then, I, then I'm back at the X3 that lies in the office, probably. Yeah. So let's move on to... I, would, I was about to say something interesting, but that's not what I meant. <laughs> I meant, let's go to something that, different. That's, that's how I usually talk about your things. I know. So it's more than fair. Sure. And iPhone X, for crying out loud, that's not too interesting. No, it isn't. No, so... Something interesting. Power Something BI interesting. April update. Yes. Hooray! Uh, it was an. Uh, it was another month. Uh, another month. <laughs> no, 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 no. Another month. Another update. And it was, as always, filled with interesting stuff. One thing that is pretty low key right now. Support for iPhone X. No. No. Actually not. <laughs> but we have something called buttons. We buttons. can now have buttons to trigger actions. Oh! And it isn't too much to, to talk about to start with. But isn't this exactly what I've asked you about a couple of weeks ago? There we go. But at the moment, the button can only do back, go to a bookmark, or start Q&A. But that's just the beginning. There is wait, wait, a wait, 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 wait. 
So it's navigation inside of a of a report of a report at the moment. Yes. So what's start Q and A? Start Q and A. I'm very happy you asked that. Q and A is the other things I, I get. But... Sure. Back in the bookmark, the bookmarks are, are pretty new. Yep. They are amazing to enable you to do serious interact interactivity. Yeah. That a word? I would say so. Yeah. In inside your your um, report. Now what Q and A is on the Power BI portal, you've almost always had the ability to ask questions. Show me the customers with the most amount of revenue in April 2012. You can just yep. write that out. Yep. You're going to get a visual. Yep. Then you can say with another visual or by month or whatever. You, If you can write it, you can probably yep. get a visual for it. This is available for the Power BI desktop these days. And you can also in Include it in your report with a button. Just click Q and A, and bam, you get a Q and A. And you get that if if you're any user using the data. So if you have the report, you distribute it. If you have the proper licensing, mm -hmm. anyone who gets it can use the Q and A. So it's, if... a, it's so it's like you get a report. You're not satisfied with what you see on it, and you as a regular user can ask additional questions. In, and instead of having a permanent Q&A window in every report, you can actually use a button to open it in that report. If the administrator has not disabled Q&A, yep. yes. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So that's it, it's more of a layout thing. Yeah. Add to that the QA Explorer is another way of integrating the whole Q&A experience. Yep. Um, so you don't need to have, as you put it, the, the Q&A box yep. Yep. always yep. visible. So we are slowly moving towards a more slick interface. I actually spent some time with Tableau yesterday, yep. one of the, the main competitors. It's Tableau, it's ClickView, and I'm sure you have Cognos and, and Power BI. And Tableau is super slick. It is so sexy, but it is expensive as heck. And the question I hear quite often is, yes, it's give or take eight times as expensive. Yep. Is it eight times better? And the answer is, of course, it depends. Yeah, but very few thing, things are like, if you compare anything, mm -hmm. any, any product, any software, and you get something 10 times more expensive, are there really that many things that are 10 times better? Looking at anything, cars, Bags. It, it comes down to how do you define better X times better yeah. and how do you define better yeah. when it comes to and that was one of the the discussions we had yesterday at the uh, bi team at atia we talked about what is the difference between tableau and, and power bi yep. and the tableau people said well in power bi you always start with a visual you don't do any analysis before you start to throw out visuals okay yep. and that is something that Microsoft sees as a feature. It is, sure. it is by design. And that got me kind of thinking, since I've only been using Power BI and I haven't been using Tableau. And Tableau has a very slick interface for doing some basic or not so basic questions. Okay, if I do this, what, what am I going to see? How do I do that? In Power BI, I can do exactly the same thing, but I need to do it via a visual. Yeah, it's 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 a difference. And exactly, it, probably, it is a different yeah. way to approach the same kind of problems. And it will probably be suitable for different kind of people. Yes. 
So and again, you... what are you used to? Yep. If you're coming from Excel, Power BI is, you've seen it 20 times before. If you don't come from Excel, maybe Tableau is a more intuitive way of doing it. Yep. But it is an interesting way that might or might not be easy to replicate in Power BI. Would you say that a person who has been working with data previously would be more appealed by Tableau because that's closer to what, what they have done? So data in general? If they haven't worked with anything Microsoft, yeah. uh, such as Excel, and are basically um, focused on data, yeah. I would guess they would prefer Tableau. Yeah. Tableau is a more mature product. Yep. Tableau is not updated every month. No. So the the pace of Power BI is insane. Yeah. And if you compare visualization, is Power BI the better one? No. No, it no. isn't. Hands down, no. Again, it is not a mature product in the way that Tableau is. Yep. Tableau is sexier. It is sleeker. It is more nice. Yep. More nice. That was a weird <laughs> thing. But yes, it's it's more of a sports car. But here we have uh, Power BI is more of an uh, American muscle car. It's going to get there. Maybe you don't want to turn as much, but it's going to get there in the end. And it's going to make a whole lot of more noise. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, 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 at the beginning, I didn't understand what you were about to say, but you, it, you, you made it in the end. I, I made the point. Yep. And speaking of how to use Power BI, and this, this was a very interesting discussion. I have always seen Power BI as you can do very many things with it. But if you have a client who has no concept of BI, don't ever start to talk about BI. It's going to bore them to death. Yep. And if you don't bore them to death, you're going to scare them away. Yep. Since starting a, a BI project is a huge undertaking. Yep. So don't. Use Power BI as a wedge and a prototyping tool. Start with a small data set, maybe from something easy to understand, such an IoT um, hub. I was about to say IoT hub. I mean, <laughs> any, any, any IoT sensor. Yep. Just take the door sensor, whatever. Yep. You have a small data set. Then you start to explore what can you do? How can you visualize this? What kind of information can you infer from this data? Yep. Then you start to think, what kind of data do I need in order to visualize this? Then you get that data. Then you visualize it and you realize, hmm, how can I get this data? And you start to fix that data. And then you start to add more and more and more to it. Yep. When you have a suitably large model, you can put that into SQL Server Analysis Services and thus offload to a more powerful tool. But you keep Power BI as a prototyping, rapid prototyping tool, you still can use Power BI to quickly make a new measure. This times this times this divided by this. Yes, that was a very interesting and, and important measure. Let's put it in the model. Then you put it in the SQL Server tabular model and it is a basic measure in Power BI. So you can use Power BI to start small and build upwards without being worried about you're going to get caught in in a corner. Yep. Makes a lot of sense. Sure. And considering the price tag, again, 10 bucks per user per month and off. Yep. Yep. And of Power BI RAM. Yep. And that's actually something I, I would like to mention. Uh, 
when it comes to large data sets or large amount of data, mm -hmm. which you want to use in Power BI. Sure. I've met people that you when they do... people. I met, strangely enough. I'm happy to hear that. <clears throat> Uh, you, you, we spoke about this a couple of months ago when they released the data warehouse feature of Intune. Yeah. That's good if you are a Swedish organization with okay. less users. Yep. If you have a very, very large Intune environment, it can take days to download the data before it's able to be crunched in Power BI. Right. Which is a bit sad. Sure. And a bit hard to work with. So, yeah, it, it, it's dependent. I love the ability to have it in Intune, but you really need to look at it as a data. And correct me if I'm wrong now in how I define the usage of data warehouse and reporting. Mm -hmm. Data warehouse is really to see trends over time. Keep going. And reporting is to get something now. I want to see how many devices I have and what they how they look like and the data warehouse set is over a longer amount of time okay i, I see where you're going with this and because then three days to get the data down isn't as important no um and and i'd have to say that you've kind of got it bass backwards <laughs> okay <laughs> and the data warehouse is where you store all your data yeah then you put reporting on top of that data so you take yep. your raw data put it in your data warehouse there you cook it yep or stomp it or whatever you want to do to it fry it that's american sure yes it is american fry the damn thing so you create either aggregates maybe in the shape of a, a cube yep. or a tabular model where you pre-compute your results yep. maybe you don't need down to this second you can aggregate it to the day or the hour, it re uh, reduces the amount of data that you need to push to the reporting client. Yep. Then you do your reporting on top of that. Yep. Yes, Power BI is very good at handling huge amounts of data, uh, considering the fact that it is SQL Server Analysis Services underneath. But SQL Server Analysis Services on a proper server is a whole different kettle of fish. Yep. There you have the, some serious horsepower. That's quite different from, from Power BI, yep. which is usually run on your own laptop. Yep. So there Thank are you. there are yep. many ways to use your data, but if you have such huge amounts of data, you need to do some intermediary step. Good. Sure. Let's move on to what we're doing next week, because next week is a good week. Because next week is a good week. Does that <laughs> imply that this week is a bad week? No, okay. this is a good week. As well. Yes. Right. Every week is a good week. Well, moving on. There's a Winnie the Pooh uh, picture where um, Pooh asks Piglet, mm -hmm. what day is it? Piglet responds, it's today. Which Pooh, it is. Yeah. Pooh says, oh, that's my favorite day. Ah. Right. I'm a bit like that. It, for some reason, it, it reminds me of Spaceballs, <laughs> where they ask the question, when will then be now? The answer yes. is soon. Amen. Yes. Next week. 
First of all, we're going to Tech Summit in Stockholm. We are. Which apparently has 1,400 attendees. What? When did that happen? Yeah, it's it's actually quite amazing. Wow, cool. Yep. Uh, I've heard so much good about Tech Summits all over the world. Uh, it will be really interesting. We'll be standing in the Atea booth. Some of the time, yeah. Yep. We're going to be booth babes. I actually saw something about that. Um, what has been seen cannot be unseen. No, uh, there was a really good writing about it from, from one of the developers on the Windows Insider team. Okay. Uh, never mind, Will. Uh, yeah, never mind, move on. Right. Uh, yeah, it will be great. Uh, lots of people will be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of friends and colleagues. Uh, looking forward to what they have to share. Sure. Uh, as I see it, it's, it's this is really a way to... How do you use technology rather than this is new? Yes. Which is good. Which is very good. That's what is going to interest me the most. Yeah. And and really, it makes a lot of sense to have that in the spring mm-hmm. and Ignite yes. in the fall. Since Ignite is more about, look at our cool new toy. Exactly. And now we've used it for half a year and this is what we did with it. Yep. How, this is how you cook it. Yep. That's going to so, be awesome. Yeah, and the, lots of sessions, lots of people, um, and it's it's a like like we realized after we signed up for it. It's it's a very customer focused event. It is rather than a partner event. It is, which should also be good as I see it, uh, because it will enable us to do a better job in the booth, and it will probably twist the sessions a bit to suit customers more than partners. True, and our customers and clients are going to be able to talk to each other. Yes. And, and exchange ideas and And, and talk to a lot of Microsoft people that are not usually in Sweden, or in, even in the Nordics. In the Nordics. I was about to say in the in the in in Europe, even. In yeah, Europe. In, yeah, in some cases, yes. Sure, that, that's going to be awesome. I mean, the um, Tobias Tanström, the yep. guy that these days run SQL Server on Linux, yep. he's going to be there. Great. That's and he's an amazing guy. So I'll I'll, I'll try to catch him. Yeah, we'll see if we can do some podding from. Yes, that would be good. That would be cool. I would love to be able to say we do some pudding. 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 We need to talk. Yeah. And, and then the event of the week. No, the, the event of the year, mind you. Probably. Yes. It is the only global <laughs> Azure. Global Azure. We, we are hosting the only global Azure bootcamp in Linköping. In 2018. In 2018. Yes. Yep. And we'll be a big crowd. Yeah, we're at 85 confirmed as we speak. Yep. And we are still a week away. Yep. Which is, I wouldn't say surprising, but I'm very, very happy with that number. And we have a great uh, speaker lineup. We have indeed. We are looking at six or seven MVPs. Yep. In Linköping. In, in Linköping. Yep. Um, the IoT Hackathon is completely sold out. Yep. And th- that will be great to see it in action. That's going to be awesome. 15 people locked in a room for a whole day. It's going to smell lovely. <laughs> yeah, and, and thanks to our sponsors. Sure. To be able to do this. Um, and if, if you are, if any one of you out there are able to go to Linköping, you're more than welcome. Yes, come. We have lots of food. Lots of food. Great lots sessions, of... great people, very, very... Great venue. The, yeah, I was just about to say a very nice venue. Yeah. We, we have the, I, I believe it's the second largest science park in Sweden, in Linköping. 
It could be, yeah, so it's it like a, very well be. a percentage of Silicon Valley in size. Sure. But they have a really great event venue there. Mm. Creative. Creative. So it, it will be fun. Uh, it will be fun. It, lots of hard work put into it. Uh, and uh, great people, great sessions. Can, do you have any of the sessions uh, on top of your head that or you are looking forward to? Actually, yes. Uh, let me bring up the... Um... Oh, hello. We've got an update for you. <laughs> I just had the... Um... Let me see. I had... Yes. I am very interested to listen to Jimmy Engstrom. He is going to talk about um, script code in Azure, yep. which is pretty much the um, Azure resource manager from a dev perspective. And That's since really I am not a dev. And then, of course, we have microservices by Simon Olson. That's yep. going to be awesome. From HiQ. From HiQ. We have uh, introduction to Azure automation and OMS from Andreas Selvik. Of Advania. Advania, indeed. And we have, uh, um, of course, the how to keep your cloud secure with the latest yes. Azure feature by Igor Andri from that, Snow. Yes, that, that's going to be very interesting. Yep. We had the uh, huge fortune to meet Igor at, uh, when, when we were doing some uh, speaker training. We were helping uh, Svetug train their first-time speakers. And he was a very enthusiastic and very knowledgeable speaker who yep. did awesome, by the way, since it was his first time. Yep. And he's coming to Linköping to share his vast knowledge with security. Yep. I um, can guarantee you that session is not going to be boring. And it will not be fluffy. No. It will be super deep. Yes. And he, he has actually promised... How did he put it? He did put it in the following way. I'll go and build some mind-blowing demos. That's a good way to see things. Yeah. We're not going to do a small demo or a boring demo. We are going to do a mind-blowing demo. Yeah. And on top of that, we have yourself. Sure. Speaking. I'm going to talk about an Azure SQL Database Cloud Awakens. Yeah. We have Jesse Gangstrom. Yes. AI, the easy way. Yes. It's going to be about cognitive services and bots. Yeah. Azure Stack. Azure Stack, the... Uh, Weird sheep of the <laughs> Microsoft stack <laughs> by Frederick Nilsson of, of EMC. Dell EMC. Dell EMC. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a bit ashamed of not having my name on it then. Uh, I believe my session will be called uh, what did, In Tune. Uh, I had a really great title for that. It, it will be things you could like. Next level of Intune. Okay. Um, so cool. what you can actually use it for on top of what you think you can use it for. That's a good one. Then, of course, we have protecting cloud identities using Azure AD and EMS, EM plus S. Yep. Uh, Stefan Körling from... Uh, Will Stefan be joining? I think he is. Yep. Great. From Lumagate? Yes. And Johan Dahlbom from Accenture. Accenture. Then we're going to have probably an Israeli MVP too. Yep. One of Johans's friends. Yep. It's going to be great. Yes. And we also have a couple of other sessions by our sponsors on yep. the dev side. And, and, um... yep. So my, my session will actually be called Intune Unplugged. How to, how to do unexpected things. How to do unexpected things with Intune, please. <laughs> what? No? Yes. You were going to talk about Intune. 
Yep. Correct. In tune, unplugged. Yes. How to do unexpected things. Period. Period. That scares me. <laughs> and on that note, it is time to end the show. Thank you very much for listening and have a good one. Bye. Bye.